Hey, greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Staredown. It's our weekly sports talk and real estate podcast. Between three friends across the country, I'm Sean Carpenter in Columbus, Ohio. Bill Risser is down in St. Petersburg, Florida. And Todd Meininger, fresh off a plane from the mid-Atlantic region with his son for a lacrosse tournament. Todd Meininger is back home in Cumming, Georgia. Shay's on assignment this week in Portland. What's going on, boys? Start with you, as always. How was your weekend? What's going on? Weekend's great. Played a little golf this morning, which is always fun. Didn't play that well, but I don't care. Um, if I'm on a golf course, I'm never unhappy. How's that? I, I, you were due to have a tough round, though, weren't I'm you? Back. Yeah, I had a couple in a row, but I made a, I made a challenge to myself 20 years ago that said, your wife is letting you go do something for five to six hours that you claim to love, and if you come home pissed off, that just doesn't work. So it's been, uh, <laughs> that's exactly where my golf world lives. I'm always happy to be on a course. So that was a lot of fun. We had an um, interesting night last night. I don't know if I, you saw some of the stuff on, online, Sean, but, or maybe even you, Todd, but we, uh, Cindy and I went out to watch a sunset, which never happened because these bitching storms came in. <laughs> I mean, it was, a wind was blowing like 30, 40 miles an hour. There's lightning over the Gulf. It was awesome. So no sunset, but a great mother nature uh show it was wonderful how about you todd you had to have a blast with your boy yeah big weekend first of all bill that's one of the reasons why i uh canceled my membership because i was paying money and was too frustrated golfing uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to push away because i wasn't enjoying the moment as much as i wanted to um fantastic weekend um uh, last lacrosse tournament of the summer for for uh, my son scott uh we it was in it was in Maryland, so um, hit four states, if you will, today. I woke up in Maryland, drove through Virginia, I flew out of D.C., which I know is technically not a state, and landed in Georgia. Um, man, you know me. I, I always uh, try to count my blessings, but truly one of those weekends you feel blessed. You get uh, some alone time with your son. It's always a good time. We did the, uh, the sightseeing tour of D.C. Um, I think you guys uh, reminded me what's called, what the mall walk, I guess is what it's called, um, but totally awesome, right? Uh, Lincoln Memorial, Vietnam, Korea, World War II, Washington Monument. So cool. Um, but yeah, lacrosse was fun. But what was even better was just the, uh, the experience and, and the, uh, the good weekend. So what about you, Sean? It was a good weekend for us, too. Uh, we had great weather here in central Ohio. Uh, Ryan and I had a little tour of some of the golf courses he's going to play in tryouts. Uh, he also dropped in for his ACT test. You guys remember mm -hmm. back to the days when you had to take your ACT test. Pulling for a high 20s. Let's go, boy. Exactly. We're, yeah. we're, we're pulling for him to do well. And uh, we, had a good, we had a good time on the golf course. We um, had a long one of those long rounds, Bill, where every single hole after the fourth hole, you're waiting with two groups on the tee. Uh, and, and you just – so it was literally like like it was 14 little rounds of golf that we just would literally sit down and yeah. then play, play the hole, then sit down, play the hole. So it, it was uh, one of those challenging days, but it was fun. And, uh, and then today I got to go out and do a little photo shoot with my daughter, Riley, kind of around the downtown area. She's, she was uh, in, in her social influencer status. Uh, one of the local companies here that does clothing for Ohio, kind of Ohio branded clothing, sent her some stuff uh, as an opportunity to get on her Instagram feed. And so nice. Like, nice. Hey, Sean, hopping in. Um, I don't mean to disrupt the flow, but um, do you remember old West End Golf Course in Gaines? Of course, yes. The lighted course, yes. So you met my brother-in-law, Bob. We used to play there um, a lot, right? And it seemed to be one of those munis that had the backup factor um, of your weight to, you know. <laughs> and the, what, what I'm getting to is um, I don't remember a lot of the golf we had together, but I remember a lot of the, the time we had to waste on the tee box or waiting on the tee box, just 
playing little like toss the ball, hit it back, uh, the little Tiger Woods, um, you know, volley. How many times can you yeah. can you uh, uh, hit it off the club? So anyway, although those were uh, excruciating times, those are also um, you know opportunity for some pretty uh, fun, stupid memories, right? Todd, yeah. Todd, did Sean teach you the game of poison on the tee box? Uh, no, probably not. No, maybe he was too young for that. So. What's the, what is it? Do tell. I mean, Sean, you've played it, right? It's just hitting the ball back and forth between the markers. And yeah. you, know, you, you have to say, we're going to go around these four, all the markers on the tee box. And after you hit the last oh, one, yeah. you got to hit the other guy's ball. We just called it poison. We didn't call it poison. We did a, a derivative of that game for okay, sure. Okay, gotcha. Got yeah, like, good. Can you hit it? Can you, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> good. So it's, it's kind of funny. We played Friday and, uh, and, and then we stayed over in a town kind of between Columbus and where Ryan's test was, which was up at Mount Vernon Nazarene College. So we just made a little easier drive instead of having to get up at 530 in the morning on Saturday. I uh, was able to sleep in a little bit. And then we – so it, in order to keep his interest in the second round, Bill, we, we played a little match play for 20 bucks. Ooh. Uh, and, and when I when I laid out – he was going to play from the black tees because that's where the, the tryouts are from. And I played from the blue tees. Uh, and and so I figured out the handicaps. And I said, you're going to give me five strokes. And he said, what do you mean i got to give you strokes? And I go, well, your handicap is about, you know, five or six less. I mean, we're not playing straight up. That's the whole point of golf. And he was – he hemmed and hawed. But anyway, so uh, he was two up with four to go. But I had strokes on – 14 and 15 mm. leverage those strokes into, into bringing it back to even on the 18th hole. So I went up and I put my arm around him on the 18th tee and said, just like it was meant to be you versus me on 18. And he didn't, didn't break a smile. And I said, come on, man, you can laugh. <laughs> and he hits the ball at the right side, coming up by a tree. I hit a tree on the left and come backwards 40 yards. We're uphill. Long story short, he gets on the green in three. I'm just short in three. Uh, I chip up to about a three feet. And I'm in my head thinking, like, when he misses his putt, we'll just say good, good, and, and be happy with the tie. Little kid knocks in the 20-footer for par. Yes. <laughs> yes. Did he smile then? Did he smile He then? did. He did. Yeah. He, smi- he, he gave me the wry smile. I, he's in the other room listening right now, and I know he's smiling. Uh, and, Ryan, just so you know, these guys both cheered when I told them you made it. So yeah. Hey, but also tell Ryan this. I never take strokes when I'm playing a professional that I play on a regular basis. I would never take strokes from Ryan. Tell him next time we play, I'm playing his ass straight up. Okay. Bill says he's playing your ass straight up. Buck a hole. <laughs> Buck a hole. Buck a hole straight up. Yep. straight up. Tell, tell him to pack a lunch and bring some friends. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I, look, I play, I play Alan Shear. Alan Shear's played in a PGA event. He's played in two U.S. amateurs. He's never made it to an open yet, but he's a very good player. And I've known him since he was six. And it, it, and it bugs my friend Tom to no end that I'll play him straight up at his home course where he's got the course record 63. But <laughs> so I'm expecting to give him 18 bucks at the end of the day. But there's been one round I only paid him eight. He oh, had a bad day. I had a couple of good holes and it felt like I won a million bucks. It hey, was- just, just so you know, he's a 17 year old with some swagger. As, he, <laughs> as we're walking to the car, he says to me, I just want to let you know if we didn't play yesterday and if I didn't play a tournament for on Wednesday and Thursday, and if I didn't have a bad night of sleep and if I didn't have to take the ACT, I would have beat you 10 and eight. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's what I want to hear. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I just can't believe you didn't negotiate the white tee, Sean. That's a, that's a disappointing <laughs> yeah, exactly. thing. Right? <laughs> yeah, still, still play the blues. So, Hey guys, let's talk, let's talk. Uh, we always try and start with the championship that was won on the day we record. Um, one was one today. One was one yesterday, Bill. It was a place you got to watch last week live yeah. in person. Let's talk about, uh, what was what could have been a historic Wimbledon on Saturday? What what was a historic Wimbledon today on Sunday? Uh, Bill, I'm going to turn it over to you to talk about Halep's victory over Serena, stopping her from getting her 24th, and then an incredible, incredible match today between Djokovic and Federer. Bill, the floor is yours. Yeah, uh, I, I've been telling people 
that that asked me about it. Serena got serenaed. I mean, she just got run over, right? Um, boat raced, you, you know, whatever you want to call it. I mean, um, how up had a game face that, uh, I mean, like she's, she's won one major before mm-hmm. um, but to come out and, and, um, just make Serena look human, which is really hard to do. Now, Serena's also 37. So it's a little easier to make her look human than it was in the past. Uh, or if it ever was possible to do that in the past, but I mean, just like total hats off to Halop. I, I think Serena has, a. You know, she's very divisive, like a tiger. <laughs> and uh, a lot of people don't like her because she's very brash when she was younger. She wasn't the nicest person uh, in victory or in defeat. She had the whole issue with Osaka last year, which she's m- multiple times now has just talked about the fact that she really screwed that up. Um, and shouldn't that think, be enough, right? Shouldn't that be enough? Right? Yeah, she's, oh, she should be. She's older She's owned now. it, right? She's, she's owned She's older. It. She's, she's matured. She's got a kid. She realizes. I think if she looks back, she regrets a lot of the things she did when she was younger. And I thought she handled it well. I thought she flat out said, I played good. I, I, I did is I felt like I was playing well. She just beat me. And that's a great thing to say. That's a great compliment from the greatest of all time. So, yeah. And if I could jump in, yeah. um, you say she hasn't handled defeat um, well in the past, which, hey, that's, yeah. you know, old news is old news. One thing I've noticed, especially lately, is she's always been gracious, at least at the net, to the person who's beat her, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She went around the net, she hugged Hal up, she shook her hand, um, which uh, that, that, you know, there's, there wasn't a cold fish handshake after the tournament. She's, and that, done, that, that, she's done that in the past. <laughs> well, well, not now, though, right? Not and, now. And not now. I think that's a sign of a champion maturity, right? Yep. And, um, what a tournament for Hollop. She stopped uh, Coco's big run. Did did she lose a set other than that? Did she have any any battles or did no, she No, I don't think so. I think she, yeah. she she kind of mowed through. And then the women, you know, that was it was weird. That was a 7-11 matchup. Believe it or not, Serena yeah, yeah. seeded yeah. 11th and Hollop yeah. was 7. Um obviously that didn't happen on the men's side today, but on the women's side they got got kind of blown up early. Um yeah, it happens, early, yeah. Yeah, Skova, a few others. So yeah, um, you know, I, I'll be honest, I, I'm a, I pull for Serena. Uh, so I was, in fact, I'm a Serena Roger for this weekend. It was what I was hoping for. Tough didn't weekend. Get it, didn't get Tough it, but that's weekend. okay, yeah. <laughs> They'll be okay, those two. Yeah, they'll be fine. And, Bill, let's talk about today's match. Um, one versus two, you know, yeah. I mean, if I would have told you two weeks ago that we were going to end up with these two guys, you would have said, yeah, probably. Um, and that's what you got. And you got two of the best players in the world, literally – the number one and number two major title holders, you know, it was, it was well, one and three. Two, yeah. yeah two, two of the top three. That's what I meant to yeah, say. Yeah, that's, yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, it's hard to believe that what uh, 11 years ago we were looking at Pete Sampras as the ultimate, you know, 14 majors. Yeah. And obviously Serena with 23 on, on the women's side, but Bill, I know you didn't see the entire match. I'm sure you'll probably at some point kind of, kind of go back and watch it. I know Cindy probably watched the whole thing. Uh, Todd, you were traveling, but, Boy, what what a match! It starts out seven six, then Federer comes back and wins six to one, yeah, and then, and then Joker won seven to six. So you know Federer was winning the games. He just you know Joker's just so hard to break as is Federer, um, and that's what it's going to take. And then Bill, why don't you sort of set up the fifth and fi- deciding match because this was the first time it was in play <laughs> that it wasn't just going to be a fifth match and a tiebreaker yeah so Wimbledon's you know infamously we we obviously Cindy and I obviously have a photo next to the plaque on court 18 where Isner and Mahout played that infamous uh 80 to 78 right took over three days and 11 hours (laughs) to finish a five-setter and um, so so Wimbledon first round wasn't it Bill yeah just crazy uh so Wimbledon decided to implement 
um, something new. And that is instead of letting them play it out, they said, if they get to 12, 12, then we'll go to tie break. And, and tie break is, you know, best of seven win by two, right? First to seven winning by two. And, and you those serve can, one, two, one, two, or one, correct. two, two. Correct. Yeah. It's one, just two, every, two, yeah. after the first serve, every, uh, any change, every six, right? So you're changing mm -hmm. sides. Change sides every six points. Every yeah. Six points. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it was as, as they, there, there was a break in the fifth that got um, Joker up, and Roger came in back and broke him right away, which got him back to you know on 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 set, uh, and and then you know just to have that thing go back and forth the way it is because with Joker serving first in that sixth, fifth set, he always had that opportunity to go up right to be a game up and then have the opportunity to break and win, um, but you know he also lost that one set or one game in that fifth fifth set. I'm sorry that gave. Uh, Federer two match points. Two match Joker, points. Joker fought them both off, got it back to all square, and, 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 and Bill, just, just let me let me interrupt you because yeah. as, as the as the novice hockey or tennis player on the, on this podcast, it was forty to fifteen, mm -hmm. right? Championship point, like one ace, one That's net hit, one, and Federer is the champion for the twenty first time. Yep. And then Joker goes on to win four straight points to go from back to 40, 40 and then add, and then one, yep. you know, it was just unbelievable. Yep. Um, just that's tennis. He, he was battling Federer and the audience as, as Todd, you and I talked offline. Um, it, I, I just said, it really feels like the crowd is pulling for Federer. Well, I, I so, yeah, I was listening to a couple of British guys as I was, you know, getting to a place where I could find and watch the end of the fifth. Um, and they said it had to be easily, it was 90%. Uh, the crowd were backing Federer. Uh, same thing with everybody out in him and Hill on court two, court three, they're watching on, uh, you know, large screens out there as well. And I think it's just Rogers, Rogers, 37. I, who knows if he's going to be back in this position again. He's always um, been well-spoken. He's always been humble. He's always, you know, he's got his wife, Murda, uh, Murka, and she's mm -hmm. amazing. And the kids, and I mean, it's Rogers, just everything. Um, and, and, and Djokovic had a history. Once again, he, he's, he's mellowed. He's, uh, I think people are, um, more appreciative of his skills and things. It's the he's, same thing. He's 2.0, right? He's joking. Yeah, he did the same yeah. thing. Yeah, he did the same thing. And he's kind of come back a little bit and calmed down on some of his um, antics, we'll call them. But, but you oh. know, but to then to go to 12-12, Sean and Todd, you know, the way you mentioned it, uh, as a Federer guy, I felt bad right away. <laughs> and of course, Federer serves and loses, gets his mini break right away. He's down 0-1. He's with, trailing the whole time. With Djokovic now serving, and, and he was down quick and never really had a chance to get back into it. So that's how those – Djokovic is, a, is an over is a is a uh, tiebreaker beast, right? He is. They you know they, they talked about it on the air when he gets up and he's up on a tiebreak, he's almost unbeatable. He just uh, knows how to kind of keep that keep that going. So, so I I didn't watch uh, Sean. You indicated I was I was busy this week. I didn't watch a lot, um, which makes me want to go to towards a different point after we're done here, but um, Joker had 40-15, right? And if you would give him, say, hey, you have 40-15, he'd take it all, <laughs> every day, all day, twice on Sundays, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I heard some chatter commentary like, oh, you know, he, he, he lost the lead and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I want people to understand this is LeBron, Magic, <laughs> Bird, I mean. Michael. This is, but oh, how did I forget Michael? I, I mean, don't know. <laughs> me, right? I'm, I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say is, yes, he had a, a he had 40, 50 on his racket, but I mean, Joker is ridiculously talented, third best major winner all time, right? Um, yeah, Look, and he what? earned it, right? It's hard, it's hard right. to beat these guys. That's why it goes five sets. That's why 
veteran at all, which I want to talk about after, yeah. was an epic match in itself, right? Roger had that first set. He was up yeah. way up in that first set. And Joe yeah. came back and won that. And then something crazy happens. I don't know how he loses 6-1 in the second, you know, because yeah. he just – something – you know, went wrong, went haywire, but two the, breaks and then he just moves on. Right. The three sets that he won were all in tie breaks. Right. Yeah. Go figure. You could argue Federer was better today. Right. You could he argue. won more games. He definitely sure. won more games. Yeah. But Djokovic won the critical points. But Djokovic won the points that mattered. Yeah. Which, which makes you then lift in the uh, silver platter. So gives you your 16th major. <laughs> but that's what I, that's what, and again, maybe this is in my head, but if people think, you know, Oh, Roger, I don't want to use the word choked, but had it and couldn't come through. I mean, this is a legend. Joker is a modern legend. If if not for Federer and Nadal, be the greatest tennis player to, to have ever played. Ever. Yeah, right? and yeah. remember, uh, their post-match comments were awesome, right? Both of them were just extremely complimentary to the other guy. Joker flat Respect. out said, Respect. yeah, Joker yeah. said, we, we both had opportunities. Uh, Roger could have won this easily. Uh, and, you know, we both had chances to win. And, um, you know, yeah. and, and Joker just said, it's just part of, it's part of the game and it's why they play. So, yeah, which it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Awesome. And it was fun to, you know, for, for Sydney and I, just a little personal note, just a lot of the aerial shots and just seeing even where, where they were it's doing fresh. breakfast at Wimbledon, that breakfast yeah. at Wimbledon wasn't set up the first week because that was, they were sitting up in that little platform overlooking uh, the Hinman Hill. And th there was a little building right below them. That building is where I bought the center court tickets. That's where they queue That's up for center court tickets. And I'm like, we were right there. And, and then they'd show those shots of him and Hill. And I could point out exactly the picnic table we set up our blanket next to and talk to the cool family who you know, their dad had helped build the roof on court one. Uh, so it'll always be a different way of watching Wimbledon for, well, especially for Cindy. I mean, it was, uh, you know. Yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of cool, Bill. And you probably don't too. The courses that I've played that have hosted it like a U.S. Open. Or any any PGA Tour event, uh, Todd. You can probably think of the games that we've went to at Florida Field or an away game, and when they show it on ESPN Classic, and you're like, "I was sitting right there when that happened," you know, or right. I'm, you know, sure, it's, sure, it's, it's, yeah. really cool. it's so yeah. fresh in your mind to see it, and you know, once again, intimate it, center court looks so intimate. It you is. Say there's about fourteen thousand. Twelve, I think, twelve or fourteen. Yeah, something like that. It's small though. It feels. I don't know. They're jamming them in there to get that many yeah. people in there. And, uh, and it looks like it's, it's, it's pretty um, – it, it's not super tall. It no. looks like it's, it's long, slow uh, pitch. Yep. Yeah, it is. And, it's, and there are some seats that go back up under the roof that feel like they may almost be claustrophobic because you're right up against the roof. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Uh, but, but um, yeah, it's a small – because, look, I've been, to the, I've been to Arthur Ashe. I think it seats 23,000. big out. Yeah. It's just crazy. Yeah, so that's uh, – it, it, was, it was cool. Definitely cool. So before you wrap it up, Sean, I just have to comment that Federer had to beat the second best player in the world, maybe right. not on grass, um, in the semifinal. Yeah. And I heard that match was just epic. I, even though it was only four sets, not five, right. but I heard that was just another amazing match. Um, yeah. I say kudos to Joker. He got the number one seed and, and um, the quote-unquote easier draw. But, uh, Bill, I'm wondering how much you watched most of the match. How much did that play into – you know, Federer's, uh, I don't think it affected him today at all. Do you? I mean, no, I think, yeah. no. No, and Joker went four sets against uh, Mahout, not Mahout, uh, Agut, Agut, A-G-U-T. Yeah. So um, they both played four setters. I think they're, I think, you know, they're, they, they were both tired in the fifth set. Um, yeah. Definitely some, some of the shots, you could just see the fatigue, but, but uh, I, I don't think there was any advantage or disadvantage. The only advantage is uh, the four years that, uh, that Djokovic has on on Federer. He's 33, and uh, 
and uh, yeah. better is 37. So, yeah, you know, it's, it's always that thing. And uh, certainly in amateur tennis where if you just kind of sometimes play it risk averse and allow the unforced error on your opponent to happen. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, unforced, unforced errors when you're hitting the ball 115 miles an hour from your ankles uh, is just a lot <laughs> different than me winging it over the back fence, you know, like for a grand slam. Uh, you know, so they, it was, they don't keep, they don't keep track though of forced errors. I'm, I'm assuming with these guys in the level, even on the Serena side, there's a lot of forced errors, right? Yeah. I think, you know, I, I like to equate it to you've all played ping pong. You look you guys in college, I'm sure there was a table floating around somewhere and really good players can make you can put spin on a ball that makes it almost impossible for you to not hit it in the net or hit it long. Yeah, and right. I think in tennis, really good tennis players, that's part of their game, but we just don't see that. They that set the, them up, right? Yeah, yeah. That ball comes over so heavy that, that, you know, they, even yeah. though they know they've got to put a little extra lift on it, they still drive it in the net. And Pat, Pat Macaroni did a great job today with his brother uh, on the color commentary. They were kind of playing off of each other. And uh, a Fowler kind of almost asked a question for, the fa- for me, the fan. Right. When, it's a leading on, question. On, right? Yeah, yeah on, on one play he says, did, did Joker give up on that ball too early? And McEnroe said he knew the spin was going away from him and he would never get it. He, he just knew. Saving energy, right? Yeah. yeah, like he, he saw the way Federer hit the ball and cut it away. Yeah. And he just wasn't going to be able to get there. So he just kind of pulled up instead of risking rolling an ankle or whatever. Right. Um, yeah. It just, but you're right, Bill. Sometimes that ball comes over with, with backspin. And it's top spin, top side spin. spin. It, oh, my God. It yeah. goes, it, it's like a curveball. It goes from their chest to their ankle, like literally like in a second. And you have to mm-hmm. change your trajectory of your – that's why so many balls go long out because they just – they can't control the the hit. Yeah, it's absolutely true. And I think we we just as you know, as spectators and novices who uh, How do you miss that? Yeah, yeah there's exactly, a reason, right? Exactly. <laughs> I've, I've seen you hit a million great shots. How could you miss that one? Yeah. yeah. Well, Bill, one more one more championship happened over 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 overseas and i think you want to talk about it quickly it's right. like this it's, is my todd's leaving todd, todd's making a beer run really yeah, quick todd's gonna get beer. Beer. that's fine todd don't worry about it go ahead leave me alone um look when when we were in it when we were uh, in the uk this the quarterfinals for the for the icc world cup of cricket occurred and they're playing in england so they were around different parts of the uk the championship match was today. It was New Zealand against, uh, the, against England. They, it's not the UK. They, it's England proper. Pakistan lost. India lost. Normal powerhouses, right, um, who learned the game from the English back in the day. Uh, and I, 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 I really know very little about cricket, but I've, I've studied it in the last couple of weeks just because I wanted to know more. I've been online. I've been watching videos. I've been watching Wikipedia. So I had, I want to say, a decent grasp of the game. And I did know this, that, and, and you have to know this part of cricket at this level. They, they just play two, one inning and basically one team gets to hit, all 11 players hit, and then the other team comes up and all 11 players hit. Whoever has the most runs at the end wins. Now, I'm not going to go into how runs are calculated because that is really crazy. But you could see that England was getting down to just their last few attempts to score runs, and they actually tie the game on the last bold ball. Think about mm. that. So, I mean, I'm talking about the – it's like someone hitting a home run in the bottom of the ninth to tie the game. 3-2-2. Exactly two, two, two. like that. 3-2-2. Two, 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 knowing it's your last pitch, though. Knowing it's it. That's it. You had to hit it on this pitch, and he hits it, and they're tied. So now they go to what's called a super over, which I guess we would call overtime. And so now it's a very limited – you have – you pick your top – you pick three batters that come out, and they do the same thing. And they <laughs> – England goes first, and they, they end up getting 15 runs. 
So New Zealand's coming up and their last guy's up and he needs two runs. Now, all they have to do is he has to put the ball in play enough so that he can run about the 60 feet and his other guy can run 60 feet. Then they run back 60 feet. I know it sounds stupid, but they, they run over and back. If they can There's do that, There's yeah, a if, they, if they can do that, they win. But what happens is, is England fields this ball. They're, they've made the first leg of the run. They're running back. You, the, the ball comes in to the guy who's standing next to the wickets and the bales and he takes the ball and all he has to do is touch those wickets before the other guy can get his bat over the line. And they go to an instant replay. It's so close. So the guy touches the wickets. The bat is just feet away from crossing the line. England Todd wins. Play. The place goes nuts. <laughs> they called it a, they called it, I can't remember what they called it. It wasn't instant replay. And it, wasn't, VAR? it wasn't VAR. It was, yeah. it was decision making or something stupid on the screen. But the whole place goes nuts because this is the first World Cup win for England ever in London. That Trafalgar Square is just a champagne of beer and wine and whatever else they're drinking. And uh, the whole place is going nuts because England won the World Cup. In the second largest sport in the world. I don't know if you knew that, Sean. Wow. Soccer's one, cricket's number two. I'm telling you, I have a new respect for the sport of cricket. And I know we won't talk about it for another four years, but I want to be Quite a finish. Quite a finish. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. And to be on review too. That's awesome. Yeah, it's perfect. All right, Bill, let's talk about golf really quick. Um, Dylan Fratelli wins nice. his first first win at John Deere up in yeah. uh, in Des Moines, Iowa. Heading, he's on a plane probably he's, as we speak. He was gonna say heading Cindy, over to Ireland. Cindy asked, "Is he on the plane already?" I go, "By now, yeah, they're flying." Yep, yep. And he's 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 having a few drinks for sure. He's gonna yep. Instagram it probably. Uh, Dylan Fratelli was a was a college teammate of Jordan Spieth when Texas won the uh, national championship. Uh, a kid that's been around for a while, but obviously uh, earned, you know, 46 the last two weeks, I think uh, I, I read, um, wins his first win and um, really did it kind of easily. I mean, Russell Henley goes out and shoots an early, early 61, 10 yeah. stroke under par. Right. Um, but Fratelli shoots a 64 today, earns his first victory. Um, and he's heading to the British Open. Unfortunately, Matthew Wolf, the phenomenon from a couple weeks ago, is not heading to the British Open because he won the 3M, which wasn't a qualifier for the British Open. Oof. Whereas... Today's obviously John Deere Classic was um, so for Telly and probably a couple of the other guys that either backdoored in or qualified or committed to play in the event got to fly over on the. Yeah, I was trying to trying to explain to Cindy that there are players who just because they have relationships with either the the course or the you know the uh, sponsor. Zach Johnson, people yeah, like that. they'll show up and play in that every year, but they know they don't have to pay for a plane ride. There's a chartered jet waiting for them. First class, you know, take them across the pond. So that's and their families, which is awesome. I think that's just great. I'd be curious, Bill, to find out. Um, so does that plane bring them back on Friday if they miss the cut and on Sunday? I'm gonna say no. Day. I'm gonna say no. I'll bet you they're so on they, the road. They say we'll get over there, we'll get you over there, but you get your damn way back. It's, it's, a, it's a firm agenda. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. Here's the deal. We'll make sure you get there on time and it, it'll be We'll take care of the whole family, but you'll set up your arrangements coming home because you're right, you have no idea. You might be coming home. Saturday morning or Friday night. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's a good Very question. Cool. So we'll, if it's up, if it's all right with you guys, we'll schedule a Wednesday emergency British open nine, uh, British open podcast to do our picks uh, for our fourth time this year for the last major. What, what time does it see? They tee off at 7. AM. It's which means it's two, 2 in the morning. <laughs> yeah. I want to do, I want to do it. I want to do a 1. AM episode. Now, uh, One hour before they tee off. That our alarms. I'm sure. I'm sure our listeners will be up to listen to it drop live. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, if we do that, we'll do uh, it on Facebook. We'll, we'll, we'll do it Facebook Live, Bill. That'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm in. I'm down. That'd be, fun. That'd be fun. All right, so we'll talk about that later uh, and look forward to that. First time since 1951 that the British Open is going into Ireland at Royal Portrush. Uh, they've played at that course. Uh, they've redesigned it a little bit. They, they've taken, they've built two brand new holes. Uh, they've rerouted the course a little bit. Um, two courses right along the Atlantic Ocean. Should be fun. And, and you know, guys, I'll tell you, I look for it every year. I'm, I'm pulling for it. I hope it's windy and rainy and cold. I love watching the British Open when it's played in crappy weather. I heard the next, <laughs> ten, the next 10 days are calling for wind and rain. The next 10 wow. days. <clears throat> Good. Wow. Good. So you might get it. You might get your wish. Should be fun. Hey, just and, a, and, a side note. Side note on, on golf in the uh, UK. We're putting together a trip next May, Sean. And I'm telling you right now, you're invited if you decide you want to figure out to schedule that in. So it's going to be Malafronte, me, Rick Schaub. You know, Rick, we played with Joe Carney. We're looking to try to get four more players. I said, I got a guy I got to ask. Uh, and wow. so just let me know if you want to. Have to check you, Ryan's graduation schedule. I know you got a lot of stuff, stuff to look yeah. at, but if you know, and uh, we'll try and make it all work. So just on that out there into the uh, out in the ether. So out in the ether, it's out could there. be fun. Okay. Wasn't there an uh, LPGA major this week, Sean? Or did I uh, miss that? You know, I think there was. And I think a South Korean won it. Um, I'm trying to think. I know, uh, what would have been this week? There was a there was a senior. Yeah, was uh, maybe that's it. Was yeah, Retief Retief Goosen, Retief won his first Champions Major. Yeah. That was played that's up it. at up at um, um, Firestone, the old right. South yeah. Coast, where the Akron uh, tournament usually was. Um, and by the way, coming out of the opening in a week, we go to Memphis for a World Golf Championship. Right. So two two weeks back to back big tournaments. Back to back, yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll catch that up really quick. Shay's not with us, guys, but I do want to hit on one NBA story that happened during the week, uh, and that's Chris Paul versus. And Russell Westbrook were traded. Uh, Todd, you threw out a Westbrook Paul traded text. Confused you. <laughs> and I quickly thought of Paul George instead of Chris Paul. And I thought, oh, Kawhi's going to be so pissed that they just traded the guy that he made go to the Clippers. Look, the, the West is, 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 is becoming a tandem. They might as well just play two on two, like have a charity event for the season because it's all about who can match up their best players. And, yeah. um, I reached out to Shea for, for some comment. He was unable to send us back a message before we got one on the air. But what do you guys think of that Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook trade? A lot of money. Uh, Oklahoma City gets Chris Paul and a, three or four draft picks. Um, obviously, one's contingent, lottery protected. Um, but you would think that Houston, with the setup of Harden and Westbrook, probably won't be in the lottery anytime soon. Um, just your well, thoughts on that mega blockbuster trade. I don't think Westbrook would have gone there unless he wanted to. I think I, and uh, I think he wants to play with Harden again, obviously. Mm -hmm. And he knows how to play with Harden. Now he played with Harden. It was the sixth man every year. Right. <laughs> I think Harden came off the bench a lot. I think with that. OKC mm -hmm. back in the day, but uh, boy, can you imagine? I, I know You've that got two guys that are triple double machines. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's going to be interesting, but you know, there's the shooting guards Harden and Westbrook's a point guard, they're going to have to figure that part out, right? Yeah. To me, it's a little bit of a puzzling trade. Uh, ben there done that, right? Westbrook and Harden. I guess reunited would be a positive way to put it. Um, Peaches and Herb. Yeah, yeah, I got you. I feel it, I feel it. Um, but both love to touch the ball and shoot, right? So something's got to give. And um, 
not not just touch the ball and shoot, Todd, but touch the ball and hold on to it for a while and dribble around yeah, for a while yeah, yeah. and shoot, yeah, without yeah. passing to anybody. Agre- uh, agree 100%. So it's, it's interesting. Either it's mad genius or it's going to just bust. Hey, Dan Tony's the guy to do it, right? I mean, he, he, he can figure out some kind of way to put those guys together. He's done all kinds of crazy stuff in his career as a coach. And is, is Chris Paul kind of been uh, it, for an all-star, not for an average Joe, but has he been kind of a bust a little bit? Um, Hard to say bust. Is, he'll, he'll be in the Hall of Fame, but he, he – um, you're I right. Mean lately, I mean lately, right? Oh, he's older. And getting well, hurt. I remember in 2018, he, he goes – Houston's up 3-2 in 2018, and he goes down injured. Yeah. And, they, yeah. and they lose that, right? I mean, that, I'm admittedly, you know, reaching a little because yeah, I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm a little ignorant. But he's I'm probably saying. a tier below the superstar that we're, right. that we're, we're talking right. about. But he's a guy that's been, you know, obviously, uh, you know, out of Wake Forest and just an amazing leader. But, you know. So, so I guess what I'm saying, this is a draft picks or bust for OKC, right? Yeah, oh, Not that, look, at how many they have? They have six or seven first-round draft picks. Yeah. You know, with the yeah. trade of Paul George and the trade of Chris Paul, they're completely starting over. Yeah, and so with so all bad for the so OKC all, fans, but so with all these one-two stars in the West, I truly think it's how they uh, fill in the role players. Yeah. Whether whether yeah. who's gonna who's gonna win the race, right? Who, who are you gonna fill in to complement the superstars? To yeah, I think Chris Paul will be probably used as a mentor to the younger right. guys on OKC. Uh, does Billy Donovan? You know, once again, I think Billy Donovan's a jam as well part of his is that right agreement. okay yeah i think he's part of the agreement or, or he's got some sort of player personnel decisions um i agree you know you start really putting the names up on the board and figuring out okay and in, in four years lebron's gonna be in his last year and in, in five years you know Kawhi's gonna be hitting that age what do we need to do to start looking at the the strategy um zion williamson out of out of the rest of summer league because of his weight and his knee problem uh, probably not a good start but you know right yeah you know uh, we'll we'll see what happens with him and you know but but there's a lot of good teams in the west and then oh over in the east you know um, Giannis and 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 Miami got stronger and Boston we'll see and, and we'll get Shea on in the next couple of weeks to kind of give us a, a mid-season um, NBA update. I think the veteran exemptions that they get the guaranteed one two three million dollars uh, plug and play guys are going to be I think they're going to be the key. Yeah. yeah, who, yeah. who, who, because uh, there's a lot of one, two superstars on these teams, right? Yeah. And, and like Shay said in the past, you know, there's a couple teams that, that are just not going to get the, the headlines on Sports Center. You know, LeBron is, is always going to be the Tiger Woods of the, you know, a, a game against, you know, Orlando will get headlines over another team, but you, you got Dallas, Portland, and, and Denver. Yeah. And, I think are, yep. and Utah that are just going to, you know, they're still there and, 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 you know, they, they could slide into that two or three seed uh, very easily and have that easier path to the final, so to speak. And, and who knows what, what could happen. Yep. Um, let's, let's, let's finish with the major league baseball tonight, guys. I want to, I want to start with a really cool story. I'm sure you guys probably saw it. And that was the angels first home game since the death of their teammate, Tyler Skaggs. Um, they, they bring the mom, they, 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 they draw his number on the mound, 45, all the players wore 45. They bring his mom out to throw out the ceremonial first pitch, and she throws a just an absolute seed from the from the mound, not from in front of the mound. She stands on the mound. Player, you know that, right? her, her, yeah, yeah, yeah. Her best Tyler's best friend, you know, kind of gives her a little um, inspiration right before she throws it, and she just drops a seed in there. And then the Angels go on to combine for a no hitter against the Mariners, thirteen to nothing. And it was just kind of a magical night. Did you see at the end of the game when all the players kind of laid their shirts on the on the mound? 
Um, Bill, just talk as a, as a baseball fan for a second about that. About well, that so, so like I, I'm, I'm, I'm a, a real logical guy. I don't really believe in a lot of, um, I'm not, I'm not going to go to a psychic. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to think that, you know, there was uh, some force looking down that made all this happen, but damn, if there was one thing that, was going to really work hard to change my mind about that kind of thought process. It was this night because, you know, you had to, some of the numbers are insane, right? Yeah. They scored seven runs in the first inning and 13 runs overall. Seven thirteen is Tyler Skagg's birthday. Uh, Ooh. they, they, they're, they're, they're the last time a combined no hitter happened in California was on Tyler Skagg's birthday 71391 or whenever that was i mean it it just goes on and on and on with these um these these you know uh, Ken, numerology Ken, kind of things Ken, kennedy's secretary's name lincoln and lincoln's exactly. secretary it, 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 it goes it there's like it goes six or seven levels deep and wow. and so i just I, th I think that um you know we I, we we have all said this i think we all agree with this statement that the absolute the absolute best reality show on television is whatever sporting event you're watching at the moment you're watching there's nothing exactly and if you if you tried to sell this to hollywood they go that's crap no one's gonna that's, that's not it. even a real yeah. story yeah and it happened in real life uh so it, it is just that's super special and you can't even imagine um you know the only the closest i came to experiencing something like this was um, Rodney Culver was with the Chargers and I was, you know, down close to the players doing some things in the locker room for games and I was on the field doing the chain gang stuff. And in the offseason, his plane went down in the Everglades. It was that, that one jet that kind of just went straight in. Uh, so Rodney and his wife were on that plane and just being, you know, seeing what, how that was handled, you know, it was very uh, interesting. So there, that, that's a brotherhood. You know, you, you talk to any professional athlete, any high school, any college athlete, and what do they miss the most about it? when it's all over is the locker room, you know, the clubhouse. And, and so that's, Camaraderie, that, that's, eh? that, that's their place. Yeah. Where they're there. Uh, it's them against the world and to lose one at the age 28, you know, brutal. So yeah. it was, it was, it was an amazing night. In fact, I heard Kirchin tonight on the Sunday night baseball say without a doubt, it's the most special night he's ever seen in the history of baseball. That's pretty impressive. Wow. Pretty powerful, right? And there's some great yeah. stuff's happening. Of all the of all the amazing things he's of seen. Of all the things he's seen, know? this is by far, by far the best. So very That's cool, cool because to be honest with you, I I've never heard of Tyler Skaggs three weeks ago. Well, he was with the D back, so I, I knew the name. I knew him. He, he you know, he and he actually he he was pitching very well for the Angels, right? He was uh, things were going well. Um, but um, you know, I, and we'll find out, you know, we don't know uh why he or how he passed. And you know, so I there's always a part of me and I it's silly to think this way, but I hope it's something Hank gathers kind sure. of a thing, right? Does, but not does it matter? Does it matter? It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But it, it just seems more. We're all curious, but it just seems more tragic the other way, right, Todd? Yeah, yeah I agree, hundred percent. I guess I'm hoping um, just some, just like you for a fluke, something, but some weird thing. Even even if it's you know um, what we fear the most, um, it still doesn't diminish. You know, it'll, it'll right. hopefully it'll help and it'll help someone else in trouble. Right. Right. They, right. They, yeah. they, can, they can get help. So you always have to look at that side. Who knows, right? Yeah, you never know. So, but Bill, why do you golf every Sunday other than that you love golf? Why do, why do you never miss a Sunday? <laughs> uh, I don't, why do I never, because it, I'm passionate and I love it. 
Does it have anything to do with the group that you're with? The well, it does. Look, are you kidding me? Right? I mean, uh, I played golf with the same guy every Sunday for 17 years in Phoenix. Yeah, and because, that's part of it, right? Because he could tell a story almost as good as Sean Carpenter. And, uh, <laughs> and true. I know, Can't I know. And to hear him uh, and to, to, to walk 18 holes with him and, and hear him talk. And now it's these three guys that I've only known for a couple of years, but there is a, uh, there's a camaraderie there that's really tight. You know, we've got one of our guys is it just finished a battle with prostate cancer. Um, mm. got Anthony Malafronte, who, you know, his uh, mom uh, was battling through a stroke and, and she's doing much better. But, you know, so we're all there. And has introduced, has introduced Bill to the Grateful Dead through his Bluetooth speaker. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know a lot of Grateful <laughs> Dead, dude. I mean, a lot, a lot. I know a lot. Yeah. So you guys, well, Tom I mean, Eddie, him. Uh, I listen to Petty and Buffett now more than I have in the last one last year than I had in the last 40. So if they've been around that long, yeah. Hey, it's, 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 it's why we love sports. Cause I think as it's a fundamental human concept that you want to be a part of something. Yeah, true, true. Yeah. And, um, that's why it's a camaraderie and Hey, we all, uh, everyone struggles every day in one shape, form, another, and to have the stars align like they did for that game is, Ooh. Truly amazing, right? I yeah. mean, chills. Just a neat story, chills right? kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, every who do they get the um, no hitter against? Um, Seattle. Seattle. You know, every mariner up there was trying to, <laughs> I, I don't care. I'm trying to break up this no hitter, right? Yeah. That's, yeah. that's what they do. That's what and and do. that's a perfect segue, Todd. Let's speak, speaking of breaking up a no hitter <laughs> this afternoon. Um, Bill, as soon as you as soon as you texted out, thanks a lot. <laughs> uh, the, the update. I'm, I'm gonna let Tampa Bay know that was your fault. Uh, why yeah. don't you tell us what happened in the Tampa Bay game today? So Tampa Bay used uh, Ryan Ryan Stanek, who's their primary opener. He always goes two innings. He's great. As is he's, there, he, so he's a closer who opens, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, like a late inning guy who now opens regularly. And and Ryan Yarbrough is a young stud who has a problem. He can get through the lineup twice. But the third time through, they're hitting 321 off him. So he's, <laughs> so he's perfect to have an opener because Ryan gets him down to the bottom of the order, and that's what he did. He, he set the first six in order down. So now Ryan Yarbrough comes in, and he mows through them in the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, the, into the eighth. But now he's got to go pitch. In no the hit, eighth. right? So he's no hit. Not no hit. It's perfecto. It's It's a perfect game. There have been 23 perfect games in major league history. There's never been a combined perfect game. And so we go to the top of the ninth and the Rays being the Rays stick to their ways and they, they put a shift on, they move the second baseman over to the left side of the field and the batter obviously was just trying to poke it through the hole. And it's like a 27 hopper that ends up in the outfield for a base hit. Mm. The next guy up hits a soft little bloop into center field for a hit. And, and they end up scoring a run. But uh, the Rays win it 4-1. to one. Yarbrough comes off the field. Two other pitchers have to come in and actually close the game. But it was, uh, it was wonderful. A great reception. You know, the, they, there was like a standing ovation in the So day. the 3,100 fans probably stood up and clapped? <laughs> it was a very sparse crowd in Baltimore. <laughs> Take it easy. Take it easy. <laughs> it was. But, <laughs> but it was really fun to watch. And I, you know um, – like, I, you know, 23 perfect games. That's it. I mean, there have been 370 no-hitters, somewhere in that yeah. number. It's a big number, but, but a perfecto. Well, as, especially. As, you're, as you're watching the game, mm-hmm. you know, let's talk about this for a little bit from a sports standpoint. You're watching the game, and the announcers have to talk about it because it's something that as a, they're trying to get the story across. You know, and it's always that, that, that moment like in golf where they say, he hasn't three-putted yet this tournament. <laughs> and boom uh, or, 
or, or he hasn't hit the ball out of bounds in 434 rounds. Boom, out of bounds. Right. Um, you know, he's no. completed 31 yeah, they, passes in a row. It's for so years it's now. Tough. For years now. My, almost 50 years, Sean. It's a big – it's been a long time. The announcers talk about it. In fact, there, there's a, there was a graphic on the screen – Perfect through 7.2, perfect through eight. For, you know, they had the whole thing going, you know. So they're just not, you know, they, for them, it's a ratings bonanza, right? More eyes are going sure. to come to the game. But in the dugout, it's the same old thing. You don't talk about it. You do your thing. Uh, you treat him like he's just, it's just by himself down at the end. Yeah. Well, like I said, he might even, he might be talking to somebody, but I guarantee you they're not going to talk about anything they wouldn't be talking about during a regular game. They're not going to, they'll just talk about the normal stuff, right? They're not going to say anything yeah. about, hey, just calm down. You've almost got this. It's just a, you know, baseball is is littered with uh, baseball rules, right? Things you do and don't do and how you handle yourself on the field. And can you flip the bat? And can you talk about this? And don't look back at the umpire. You can talk to him, but don't look at him when you talk to him. And all this stuff that goes on, right? So, um, yeah, you know, no hitters are part of that. And, and this, would, this would have been special. A combined perfect game would have been awesome. But, uh, oh, well, that's, uh, that's, how the, that's how the cookie crumbles. So, Bill, you'll love this along those lines. First of all, um, Bill and I, uh, we don't text often other than um, our group text, right? But I remember early in the season, Max uh, Freed with the Braves had a no-no through seven and a third. And literally, I just texted Bill, and I go, hey, got a no-no going on, uh, Max Freed. And he, it's, he's such a baseball fan. He's like, okay, tune in now. Like, he was dropping. <laughs> oh, what he, yeah. So, of course, two batters later, it was broken up. And he just sends the obligatory. He's like, hey, it was a good run. I'm like, damn. <laughs> By the way, I just so, traded uh, for Max Freed. He's on my fantasy team now. I just picked him he's up. He's a good young pitcher. Is I'm it a excited. lifelong? Uh, yeah, well, good. I got him for the next two years. I gave up um, a closer, Will Smith out of San Francisco. This guy needed help. I'm out of the league this year. I'm building. The Fresh Prince, Will Smith. He's uh, that, that guy, yeah, Will Smith. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and, and on another note, you'll love this. Uh, and again, goes back to Bill. Um, so I hop in the car. I'm in Maryland all weekend. And it's amazing the rut you get in. Not the rut, that's negative. The, the pattern you get in, right? So my alarm goes on, Braves at Padres, 8.40. And I'm in the town place suites, <laughs> clicking, going, where is the Braves game, right? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm in Maryland. Shit. You're not so, going to find it. <laughs> so long story short, touchdown. Uh, check it out, 0-0. Get in the car. Uh, tune on SiriusXM channel 108. It's the away feed because the home feed doesn't play on Sirius, just the – I'm sorry, the way he didn't play just at home. It's the San Diego Padres uh, broadcasters, right? Nice. Really, Mudcat Grant. Yeah. Really goofy Mark guy, right? Mark he's Grant, he's super guy? goofy. Oh, okay, he's, good, good. He was a crazy pitcher, relief pitcher for the pods back so, in the 80s. So long story short, it's 0-0. Zero, zero and uh, Braves got a man on first and, first and second, first and third, two outs. Freddie Freeman comes up, and it was – said that, oh, Freddie, we've got him all, all weekend. He's 0 for 11. Oh, no. Home run, three-run <laughs> three home run. And as soon as you said that, Sean, I'm like, it's amazing how that works. Like, yep. you mentioned someone's 0 for 11 for the weekend. He hits a three-run jack. Yeah. Rays go on to win. averages always so, catches up. Yep. It's, it was great. They're like, we've, we've shut down the All-Star all weekend. Oh, deep drive. Uh, <laughs> Another great off, the West, off the Western metal supply building. Oh my. There you go. Another, Another great segue, Todd. Let's, let's wrap up our talk about the all-star game uh, happened on Tuesday night in Cleveland. Boy, I thought, I thought Cleveland looked good on TV. Everything was everything about it. The home run derby was just an epic show. Alonzo and uh, Vlad jr. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, Acuna was, was great. Uh, I loved, you know, I saw a lot of people on social media say they hated it. I just think it's because they like to hate on Joe Buck. I loved the conversations with the players during the, during the game. I, I just, I was so intrigued. I thought Francisco Lindor gained fans around the country. Oh my God. As humble as he was. And as, as just as, as endearing as he was, um, Every guy, Freddie Freeman was was at bat against Verlander, and he was almost like scared the way Cruck was against Randy Johnson. Just thoughts on the on the we've talked about it last week. It's the it's the best All Star game in sports. It was just a it was a fun night. Uh, Todd, let's start with you. So loved it, and and it uh, galvanizes why I love this game doesn't count. I know Bill, we may have had a disagreement before, yeah. but I love that it's the best exhibition now, not an exhibition that determines home field advantage. Loved the Mike guys. Um, loved it, loved it, loved it. Listen, these guys are pros. They're trying to win. They're doing all they can. But it's one game a year where, hey, let's mic some guys up. And, and uh, uh, what is it, tear down the third wall, I think is what they call it. In, break, in- break through, yeah. Break through the fourth yeah, wall. Yeah, why not? Why not? I mean, I thought it was fantastic. And it is what it is. It's a celebration. Um, but it's also those guys are trying to win. You, you, yeah. you don't need to put the World Series home field advantage online. These guys are pros. They're the best of the best, and it was awesome. I love so, it. Bill, Bill, I want to I spotlight you for a second. There was, a, there was a spot in the game that is it's as commercial and as kind of promotional as you can get, but it's the stretch where they have the stand-up for cancer segment. Yeah. And when Carlos Carrasco from the Indians and they had all the guys together there with him, uh, I know that meant something to you. Yeah, sure. That was just that was a cool moment. It's yeah. silent in the stadium. It's yeah. really cool. Yeah, they do. They don't last maybe half a dozen All Star games and World Series. I think as well. They have a little yeah. uh, stand up yeah. to cancer section. Yeah, that started after I left the game, and uh, uh, so it, I love that, right? Because you've got these, you got the announcers holding up somebody that they're close to. Everyone on Earth has a name they can write on that card. So. Um, I have one right now, you know, multiple that I could put on a card. So I think that's great. I love the fact they do that. Um, uh, I, I have to, I have to ask you this. So how much heat you put on Joe Buck for mispronouncing one of the players' names? So, so the, the Tampa Bay Rays, Brandon Lau, spelled L-O-W-E. So it's low everywhere else, right? In fact, there's a Nick Lowe on the Rays, but Brandon Lau pronounces his name Lau. He's he's injured, he can't play, but he does get to come out and get introduced to the crowd. And Joe Buck announces him as Brandon Lowe. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and Brandon was Sucks. upset. He had a little question. He, oh, was, really? he was a little perturbed afterwards. He goes, Oh, my one shot. You know, it's his first All Star game. He's a rookie. Uh, he'll use it for the rest of his life. It'll, it'll, yeah, it'll be his thing. He'll have fun with it. So. Hey, so, 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 so he has loud self-esteem right now? Oh, oh boy. <laughs> awesome. hey, hey, Sean, little known fact. I think you all knew this, um, not to turn it back to serious, but Freddie Freeman's mom died when he was 10 um, from cancer, melanoma. And uh, one of the cool things about the All-Star game, and I think a lot of All-Star game, but his son kind of stole the show a little bit, right? Um, I don't know if you guys check out the video. Yeah, it's where he's waving. Freddie was... Well, Freddie was sitting and his, his son was watching yeah. and he was yeah. swinging like on the big screen and it was yeah. friggin' awesome. That's cool. And it, it just goes to show the full circle of life. I mean, um, Freddie, especially as a rookie, all the veterans came up and hugged him. And it started, I think, on Mother's Day uh, because they all knew that, uh, you know, his, his mom died. He's young. So Fre- Freddie was the big hugger. Um, it, like he did a home run and the veterans had come and it was, it's just kind of a funny, you know, story, but 
again, the stand-up cancer thing, it's, it's pretty impactful. It's awesome. Uh, especially so it, for him, right? It ended up being a great game. You know, there was a, there, there was a, not, not, not really sure if I agree with Bieber getting the MVP. Uh, just, he struck out the side. But yeah. whatever. Doesn't, doesn't it's always hard to pick those. Yeah. Up, it's right? tough. Yeah. yeah, I do. I do think it's 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 one of those cool games where where the players don't care if they're in for you know. Of course, they want to bat a couple times, but the pitchers, you know, Verlander knows he's going one inning. In yeah. in the old days, Bill, you know, when it was, you know, you used to watch it because it was the only time you ever got to see like a, if you were in an American League city, you, you know, to see the uniforms and and usually the pitchers would pitch two innings sometimes, but yeah, um, it, and then you, you knew you knew they're going to go through the batting order of the stars the first time. Uh, always just so cool, you know, to see that that introduction of all the players in their different uniforms. It was just such a cool moment, and still is. a healthy respect, right? A healthy yep. respect. Oh yeah, there. Yeah. You know, you got you got those young players going into a clubhouse with people they grew up watching. It's there's yeah. nothing like it. That's yeah. cool. Well, very cool, guys. Let's uh, let's let's wrap up the show. Go around the horn, Todd. Let's start with you. What do you got going on now that you're back in town? You got to focus. Are you in Atlanta? Or are you heading out somewhere else in the state? So I'm, uh, I'm in town uh, the rest of the week, um, and, and pressure's on, right? Um, I'm coming from a, 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 fe- a fun family weekend, and I'm going into a fun family weekend. It's our annual uh, family reunion in Melbourne Beach, Florida. Um, oh. About six, seven, eight years ago, it started, and I was kind of dragging my feet, and now it's just awesome, right? We're all getting older. Um, it's great to mandatory have one week in a year where you go see family. Cousins stuff. probably connect. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. There's, you know, six kids and, uh, uh, what, uh, 17 grandchildren and, you know, cousins here and there. So it's a big group. I when think do you, all of when us do you go, get there? I'm getting there. Uh, I'm leaving Thursday morning. Um, it's, a, it's a good seven, eight-hour drive. I'll get gotcha. there mid-Thursday, so Thursday night, Friday, Saturday, half a Sunday, and then hit the road back. So gotcha. it's definitely a long weekend, um, but certainly worth it. So good good times. I will be on the uh, the beach of the Atlantic Ocean in Melbourne Beach, so don't don't feel too bad for me next weekend with family and friends. And the British Opens next weekend, so I'll be able to watch that with some family, which is always fun. Nice, very cool. Nice. So, yep. Very nice. Bill, how about you? Bud? What, what do you got going on? I know you were in Lee County last week. Yeah, um, we have our national escrow training team coming in. I did a couple tours of duty with these ladies a few years ago. And so they come in and, and keep our escrow staff sharp, right? And so I'll be attending both, one in Tampa, one in Orlando. So Wednesday, I truck over to Atlanta, uh, Orlando for the meeting. And it's, um, you know, I'm there to support as part of the management team. You know, uh, we have about 100 people. Um, we split up 50 to each session. And we just want to make sure they know that we're there to support them. So I'll be doing that. Uh, Katie Clancy is my real estate sessions rewind this week. I, I think Katie's amazing. So yeah, great uh, episode with her talking about her dad. Yeah, really yeah cool. it'll be really fun. So that's coming out on Tuesday and uh, that's what I got going. Good. Uh, Bill, I have a, uh, I have a zoom call in the morning with some guy on Florida. We're doing really the, uh, what time? I think 830. 830, um, 830 and, uh, yeah. a Zoom call. Yeah. Is, so, uh, is his name Rill Bisser? It yeah. is. And we're, we're planning out our, our session we're doing for the Florida Realtor Conference. Uh, and then I've just got a lot of, lot of just, lot of just dot and I's and crossing T's tomorrow because Tuesday we have a company event. Tuesday night I have a dinner for the Women's Council of Realtors Region 2 event, which is in Columbus. And I'll be doing a keynote presentation for them on Wednesday morning. So really excited about that, Bill. Put the final touches on nice. the presentation um, once again. Big presentation, 40 minutes, 80 slides. Got to move quick. Got to tell my stories and got to, and you know, it's, it's, I may, I may edit it down. I may err on the side of, of 
less, less is more, but so many of the slides I'm literally on for four seconds. Yeah. Um, I just yeah. got to, got to get my timing down because it's a, it's a good audience and, and could be some good opportunities. And then, uh, and then we finish up the week with our, our bear am that's the big fundraiser for Ryan's Ryan's uh, golf team on Friday. Nice. Uh, got a coal banker. King Thompson is my, the company for, and we are one of the main sponsors. And so Ryan and I, and two of my buddies from the company will be playing in a scramble. Always fun to, uh, unleash the kids power in a scramble. Nice. So Guys, it's been a fun week. Uh, good luck to you guys in your week of work. And to all of our listeners, we do appreciate you always tuning in. Give us a shout out on social media, at Bill Risser, at Ty Meininger, at Sean Carp. We'd love to connect with you. And until next time, thanks for listening to The Staredown.